Good morning, gang. Sweden. Good morning. Good morning. I don't know. That, that's probably totally off on that one. I heard. If the Good morning. <laughs> Even when Good I morning, the A. Speaker button. <laughs> yeah, there they go. That's better. There we go. Lots of hellos in the chat. Good morning, gang. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Instructional Designers in Offices Drinking Coffee. Hashtag idiotic. We have a great guest with us here this morning. Uh, Jeffrey Riley is joining us to talk about uh, a recent uh, bit of discovery project work that he's been putting together and been uh, exploring something that's been new to him. And we thought it'd be a fascinating journey to for us all to join him and, and go along with. Jeff, give us um, a quick bio, a quick introduction to yourself in case folks haven't met you in, in our space yet. Okay. Um, basically, I am an independent consultant. I'm working with the smaller corporations who don't have anybody on staff with any e-learning capabilities or experience. But as time has shown us, they've needed to shift and be able to give learning to their staff, but uh, do it remotely and all those kinds of things. So uh, that's that's definitely impacted me in a positive way. But uh, even before that, it was obvious to some businesses that they needed they, they just couldn't always have somebody there training somebody face-to-face. There had to be other options. And so that's what I'm doing. And, and a few years ago, I added gamification to the mix because mm. you might as well make it more fun. <laughs> or makes, at least interesting. At least for us, if nobody it, else. It, <laughs> I, you know what? I actually, um, I, I did a study not long ago, a whole course on borification. And it turns out that was a bad avenue to choose. Um, I, I, I totally messed up there and uh, there was no should, research there was no research it, it, and in fact it, it the whole everything that there was available put me to sleep so uh it, it was not fun at all <laughs> oh my gosh the dad jokes are rolling out already um anyway <laughs> so what we wanted to talk about today was um a recent journey as i said that you've gone on in in sort mm-hmm. of combining that gamification that you've experienced etc with, with exploring how you could leverage um xapi uh, to to do things in that in that space and to help facilitate that, um, let's talk about you know you 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 had experience and understanding of, you know of gamification, um, but we've given the t- official title of a beginner's journey. So prior to to getting into this, you know, where what would you describe as your XAPI knowledge? Well, literally, this started a year ago. Um, it kind of coincided with the pandemic. With, I certainly didn't schedule it that way, but. Um, <laughs> It was, it was a situation where I realized from, from some interviews with different people, and one of them was uh, Megan Torrance, by the way, um, I went, hmm, you know, XAPIT, what's this thing doing, and, and why aren't people using it? Because it's supposed to be this really great thing that is going to help us with learning and help our learners, and, and it's like, so why aren't we using it? What's going on? Mm. And what I discovered was that... <laughs> It could be really hard. In mm. fact, there's um, I don't I don't do I have the graphic? I don't think I have the graphic. Um, I have a graphic that I got from Torrance about how um, the adoption of this of this technology is lacking simply because the number one reason was the technology required and the knowledge required. Yeah, it, it can definitely be um, a, a barrier. It's not as simple it, from in many perspectives. It's not as simple as simply publishing 
to SCARM and then putting that, you know, into your LMS, it does require, well, you need a new tool. You need an LRS to capture things. Um, uh, and then that brings in its own complexities, potentially having to, you know, figure out what it is that you're going to report on, um, et cetera. And the reporting things that you, the things that you can report on are also different than what we think of for an e-learning course. So there's, that's a, a whole, you know, change. Plus there's the whole shift then of, of, um, making sure that you're sending, you know, the X API statements that need to, that need to be sent that you want to, to capture, et cetera. Yep. So there's, there's definitely, um, it's, 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 there's definitely some new stuff that you gotta, you gotta, you know, get over and hurdle, I guess. Um, yeah, how about, how about you? How did you start going about, you know, getting over that hurdle? Well, that, that's kind of the, for me, kind of the funny part of it is I, I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> and so that's the best part because yeah. that's where everybody's at. Right? Yeah. A, a lot of times when I present this, I had this map that's all over the place. It's this crazy map that just goes and, and it has pitfalls and it has things you run into. And that was my journey. I was like, it was kind of like a game, you know, where you lose your way and you bump into a wall or you fall into a hole. And that's kind of where I was. I was bumping around and falling into places. I, I interestingly enough, um, started off by finding some information um, online about how you can write your own JavaScript code. And boy, is that a deep pit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I started trying to do that and I was following the t examples and I was typing in my own code and I'm going, wow, I'm, I, but I, where's the end of this? And not only that, but how do I get it from writing all this code into here into the and and at that point i didn't even know there was a thing called a learning record store mm. so i was yeah i was really at the bottom of that pit mm. <laughs> so you're, you're you're putting things together to send something but there's nowhere you, you don't even know yet where it's going to go let alone you know how it's going to be caught yeah exactly i couldn't even send it anywhere and so i i reached out to a friend of mine who was a computer programmer and he was working with me and um, it turns out that his strength is not JavaScript, but HTML. And so he could make it work <laughs> off HTML, which was great, but I could never get the JavaScript working. And finally, one time he looked, he, we're doing a Zoom meeting and he goes, Jeffrey, do you really want to do this? And I said, what do you, what do you mean do I want to do this? He said, do you want to become a JavaScript guru or do you want to remain a designer? And I went, oh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'd rather just be the designer. I don't have the time, at least not right now. I don't have the time to, to get that other technology. And so, especially uh, if, if you're working on eventually working on, on projects, then, uh, yeah. you know, for clients and stuff, that starts feeling a, a lot of risk to it. Yeah. And right. some folks in the comments in, in, in the chat here going, uh, you know, uh, Olga mentions she signed up for a JavaScript course and still doesn't get it. Uh, uh, Kim says, if, if Java is not coffee, I'm useless. Yeah, yeah, cheers. Cheers to that one, Kim, for sure. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, so so where, did, where did you go from there then? After he said, do you really want to do this? And you said, no. What did you do next? What you I rolled did the, next. Rolled the dice and. Yeah, no, what I did next <laughs> was I thought, well, okay, well, maybe the LMS that I'm working with will tell me. Mm. And because it had a help system built into it. So I went to my LMS, I opened it up. I typed in XAPI, it gave me all this stuff, and it showed me how to set everything up inside that LMS, but that's all it showed me. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so, I, well, 
oh, okay, so I'm still lost. I'm still off track. And so somewhere along the line, I think it was this friend of mine sent me a link of some instructional designers who were doing their own thing in the medical field. Hmm. They had uh, they had e-learning that they needed their doctors to take, but their doctors were spread all around a particular state in different hospitals. And that, and I thought that was really cool because that was one of the situations I was dealing with. I had clients who were spread out over a certain geographical area, and they had no clue which one of their employees were or were not taking the training. Hmm. So I thought, oh, this is nice. And that's that was kind of the thread that led me to uh, the Zapply Builder, uh, a tool that helps me create the code without my being code knowledgeable. Mm -hmm. um, and Zapply Builder is, is a, a, a piece of stuff that uh, the Torrance team have put together um, that's right. uh, to make things easy. Uh, selfish plug. Um, our, our Domino One team clients uh, get the benefit of what we've done in Domino One as well. There's no there's no need for JavaScript period uh, for sending X API statements in what we do. We recognize that holy cow, does everybody want to be or should everybody be <laughs> rolling up their sleeves trying to learn code and then trying to understand code when it doesn't work and all those sorts of things. Right. So yeah, yeah. Right. Well, yeah. that that was yeah. That's I'm glad you mentioned that because that was the kind of the whole ball of thread thing that I was beginning to see. Um, as I looked at some of the JavaScript, it's like, wait a minute, it's not one or two lines of code. It could be 50 or 60 mm. lines when you combine it all together. And it was like, ooh, um, do I really, again, <laughs> do I really want to go that deep? And, and the answer was still no. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, what, what did help, too, though, is by going to some of these other resources that are online that explain and E-Learning Magazine is one of the great ones. Uh, they've got a lot of tools and uh, e-learning, but e-learning industry. Anyway, there are several places on, if you just search for it, you can get so much information about XAPI because it starts to, uh, I started then to learn about, oh, I needed a learning resource um, a store, learning record store, along with my LMS, and I needed an authoring tool of some kind, a, how do you deliver it then to your learners if you don't have all that stuff? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so stepping back, a, a, you know, a little bit from the sort of the technical path of, of even getting to be able to make XAPI, you know, work for you, because mm -hmm. uh, you because you mentioned um, you had a client team that were one of the problems you were looking to XAPI as a potential solution for was um, solving you know, who's actually taken content. So that kind of um, completion, uh, that combined with, you know, say the gamification stuff, what kinds of things were you looking to use XAPI or seemed that XAPI might provide that, that the LMS wouldn't have been providing for you? What kind of, you know, extra things were you looking to do? Yeah, that's that's the perfect question. Um, I'll have to step back one more step. And I realized that, first of all, I needed a story. I needed a package of the thing in a story because Part of my goal was to keep keep this thing, keep compliance, because that's what we're talking about, compliance courses. How do we keep it from being that ridiculous, boring, and make it entertaining? <laughs> so I realized I needed to build a story. And building the story got me thinking about that next question you just asked, what, what data do we need? <clears throat> and so since I was developing a prototype, I said, oh, I'm not going to come up with 100 pieces of data. I'm going to come up with just four. Hmm four things that I can actually prove 
that I could get it and put it into a report to give back to a client. So I decided I needed to know the name of the person taking the course. I needed to know where they were. I needed to know what their role was in this, in, in the learning. And then I needed, uh, it was important for the, um, uh, the client to know how many years of experience did these people have so that we would know, are we training beginners, middle experienced people, what's going on there so that we could adjust our training. Hmm. So those are the four pieces of data I, I settled on. And partly too, I wanted to find out, can I capture data because somebody types it into the game? And can I capture data because somebody clicks on it? I wanted to be able to find those those methods of of getting uh, getting the person to interact with the game. Really, that was kind of my other goals. I wanted to make sure the game was fun and it created interaction. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting because um you're you're looking for what I'm going to describe it as kind of uh, learner profile type info mm-hmm. uh-huh. using XAPI, mm-hmm. um, and, and that's that's neat because I've always kind of assumed that that the LMS would kind of know that or the organization would would mm-hmm. kind of know that, but clearly, in the situation or the context that you're working in, uh, that wasn't uh, that wasn't available. Um, I think of uh, you know a lot of people look to XAPI to track. Um, I don't know, things that people are more the level of things that people are doing within a project that isn't just simple completion stuff, maybe choices they've made or or other patterns, et cetera, too. Very cool. Um, so so um, and you're mentioning story. Last week we had uh, Hadia Nuridin on as our guest, all about storytelling uh, and her, her phrase story training. Uh, so mm-hmm. a nice dovetail to last week's episode as well. If folks haven't checked that out, go back and uh, catch the recording on that yeah, one, let, too. OK, yeah, that's yeah. a good idea. Um, let me share the one uh, kind of a graphic on story because I sure. think it it's partly um, the share here. Here we go. Click them, send the message. Here we go. Okay. The main thing I saw the reason for doing story and part of that comes from uh, my gamification background of the training I received on doing gamification and why and you want to create a story because a you need something for the uh, learner to wrap their heads around and stories are a lot more fun than lots of facts Um, there's a whole bunch of uh, information on the internet about the fact that while we like to think we make decisions um, intellectually Mm -hmm. we make them more emotionally (laughs) than we think and so a story helps that so but you need a narration then so building a story helps you narrate the thing and, and tell people what's going on. And the instructions help them to know, well, how do I get through the game? And the story helps build instructions. And then, like I said, from my perspective, I, I see that as being engaging. And so I decided to use uh, an escape room kind of thing, but I made mine a cave. Because in, in my story, <clears throat> the idea was they were supposed to have taken their compliance training, but they didn't. And so now they're in this dark place of compliance and they got to figure their way out of this cave. And um, in fact, I even have the story starting. It's pitch black. Hmm. And the only thing comes up is all is the white instructions and lettering. But I did give them a flashlight next shine the flashlight. On. So once they get beyond some of that, though, um, through the story, I tell them that, OK, because you're here for compliance reasons, you have to answer these compliance questions. And to do that, I took them from the cave and I put them in the torture chamber. 
Because <laughs> quizzing is torture, right? So uh, that's, that's where all those things took place. <laughs> it's it's interesting to to take that uh, that gaming and that story approach, and it, because those seem to me to be the best or one of the most interesting uses of XAPI because there is a lot of data that's interesting to keep track of, even if you don't actually use that data to integrate it back into the project, to, to be able to aggregate all the data for the different paths and the different decisions that people made along the way uh, at the at the end of the project, it, it makes it a lot more interesting than just knowing who took the course, uh, checking the box in an LMS and just getting that level of data out of it. Uh, Olga's mentioning, uh, you know, next step is data analytics, right? Like what, now that you've got all this data, now what do you do with it? How do you analyze it? How do you, how do you turn all that XAPI data into a story itself to be able mm. to share it back with your team and all that kind of stuff? So it kind of starts to take everything full circle, right? Well, what's funny about that too, is I, I worked with enough different clients in different industries to, to find, First of all, I'm really surprised at the number of people who tell me, well, we don't really want to collect any data. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's getting into people's privacy. And I'm going, whoa, wait a minute. Um, um, do you not even want to know if they if they scored on it and, and what their score? No, I, so many people aren't even collecting mm. the score, which is scoring can at least do that. <clears throat> so. Yeah, you I can think part of it is you can anonymize the data in SCORM too, right? Like yeah. you, you don't really have to know for the things that I'm talking about, right? To tell the story about how people went through it, you don't right. need everybody's names and what department they're in, all that kind of stuff, right? right? If you're if you're using it as an as an analysis tool to see how effective your story design was or how your game interactions worked and and to see a patterns of usage you don't you don't care who the user is i mean in some depending upon what kind of data you want maybe you want to know what department they were in or whatever but for the most part from an instructional design perspective in improving what you've created i don't think it's necessary yeah i agree i think the issue i'm finding is i sort of need to re-educate the top level people of, of my clients to understand that um, I, I guess that first of all, games, instead of just dumping information on people, will help them learn better. Um, and I, I know there's, there's still that whole, well, I don't want my people having fun at work. <laughs> well, you're, you're losing a lot of capability if you do that. But because um, people, if they enjoy work, right, they're going to do a better job. And what's your employee turnover rate if you don't want them to have fun at work? You know, well, yeah. unfortunately, yeah. Some of them <laughs> so mm -hmm. that's one of the issues. But the other issue then is, is just as you said, we can collect information without destroying somebody's privacy, but helps us to understand, do they really know what they're mm -hmm. doing or not? Be, um, yeah. And do they know that our, our learning is effective? Are we sending the right information or not? Yeah. And, uh, XAPI has the... Uh, LMS and SCORM is typically about um, the learner's performance, uh -huh. uh, in, uh -huh. it, when, uh, and although XAPI can definitely you know help with that as well, and even give you insights that SCORM uh, you know may not be able to. Uh, but one of the really cool values that that I find for XAPI is is for us as as designers, giving it the performance of the product that we've created, uh -huh. and and does it need to be refined? Does it need to be tweaked? What kind of patterns can we find that? show that people are either confused or if people are making right. wrong choices consistently, what right. is it, you know, how do we track back to figure out how to improve that? Cause our goal is to 
help them improve. And if the tool, the product that we've created isn't doing that, then XAPI is a great way for us to, to get info about that. I remember even in college, I had a, a math class that I took and um, the professors were always paying attention to who was missing what questions and how many. It was one time, they it was a lecture hall type of math class. They got us together and they said, <clears throat> um, well, practically everybody failed their last exam. So either we're not doing a good job of teaching or there's something wrong with that exam. <laughs> so they rebuilt it and we did it over. <laughs> well, that's actually, that's a fairly um, progressive perspective, isn't yeah. it? That it's not the learner's fault, holy cow. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. Surprise, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the things I've been learning about um, XAPI because I've joined the cohort is that first of all, it's a it's a so much bigger world than I thought it was. Um, doing data and, and using data and, and pulling data together uh, with this tool is um, far greater than what I was planning on doing for a learning perspective, and that's great. I, I may know go may not go a whole lot farther than that myself. But um, if you get into the world, you'll discover that it's amazing. It's, um, it, I think it's the, one of those cases where the, you start somewhere and you just keep building and building and adding on and, and adding on more on. We've, um, we've, I, I've just tossed the link to the XAPI cohort. Um, the newest or the, sec, the most recent cohort is underway already. Um, yeah. we've, we've talked to, to Megan Torrance um, in the past about the cohort. And one of the things she mentions is just the sheer number of people who keep doing the cohort over and over again because they're going to learn something new or different or, or et cetera, um, as opposed to a one-off, oh, now I've done it and I've, I've learned everything, so. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely evolving uh, in so many ways. And, and when you meet other people from other fields doing something different, mm. it does open your eyes. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Wendy's mentioning that she, she's found it very educational. Um, and, and, and Jamie is pointing out it's free and it's yeah. on all, it's on already. They do a spring and a fall uh, one. And I think the last time we talked to uh, Megan Torrance about the cohort, there were more than 600 people um, at that point doing the cohort. Right. Um, that was probably not this past fall, but the fall before. So, um, and it's a neat, it's a neat way to, to, to also learn in, as part of a community, as opposed to um, something, you know, consuming articles or, or whatever, because you've got right. people to bounce off ideas and you hear things that you, and see things that you would not have ever, uh, you know, thought of just by the sheer breadth of, of all 600 people contributing and, and, Joining and in, you can so. you can join and just watch and just yeah. be a part of the learning process and watch how everybody builds projects because there's project updates as the cohort moves along. So instead of you, you know, you could learn by jumping in and doing your own project in the cohort, obviously, or you could join a team and just say, listen, I can't do an entire project by myself, but hey, I'll join you guys and I'll help where I can, you know, commit a little bit of time. Um, or, but then you also get the added benefit of, of, you know, hearing from everybody else and, and kind of, you know, being a, a, a you know, a, a passive learner in their experiences as well, which is, is why the cohorts I think have been so successful is that there's many, many, many different ways to engage. Mm -hmm. So for those of you that who maybe haven't joined the cohort, if you feel like, oh, I just, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to put in a lot of time, you don't have to. The first few times you can just lurk and you can just watch and you can just see how everything works. And then little by little, it, you know, you can just, you know, engage a little bit more, engage a little bit more. If you hear stories of other people that have joined it, um, that's kind of how everybody, <laughs> you know, has gone through the process. What was your cycle going through that, Jeff? 
it was pretty much the same. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, the first, it, I think they take like the first three meetings and just introduce you to the cohort and everything that you can do and how to, in fact, it runs off of Slack. And so how do you use Slack? How do you do this? How do you do that? <laughs> um, and then I, I was through that able to do a search and find out, well, who's interested in, in this authoring tool or that authoring tool that I can connect with them. And that was a big help. And that in fact took, got me to a team that we actually worked together. Um, and then toward the end, we, we needed to do, um, they were asking us to do a short presentation and I was trying to format in my brain. Well, how did I want to present what I've been learning to other people? Cause I had a goal for that. <clears throat> well, I only had two minutes. So I had to really think and focus on how would I tell my story about this journey in two minutes. And that was actually the catalyst for, for building my presentation that I used at Gamecon this year. Oh, it's perfect. Nice. You know, uh, we do have a question in the Q&A section. Chris, is that where you were going next? <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Um, so Randy's asking in the, in the question and answer panel, how do you change your approach to developing a course if you use XAPI versus SCORM? Um, what were some of the things that you found, you know, that you were doing differently, either design level or pragmatic implementation level? What kinds of things did you find different about this process? Uh, what I found different was... Um kind of putting it in the right order. So yes, I had to develop the story first so that I would have the reference points to put into the builder so that it would understand <clears throat> where is this located? How am I going to run? And then you, what I really like is the builder walks you through, <clears throat> excuse me, it walks you through um, the different verbs, the actor, the verb, the action, all those things that you have to have. And you just can select from lists. And that was so much easier because there are at least hundreds of verbs and <laughs> things that you can use. Yeah. Um, and then on their, um, on their website, there's a whole lot of help uh, and videos, especially walking you through the technical parts. And that helped me because then I could experiment because you have to experiment. <laughs> um, there's no way to write training for all the different learning record stores that are out there, LMSs that are out there, authoring tools. There are so many of every kind that to have one example isn't going to work. You have to work with it, test it, punch it. Um, I, I kept, when I run my report, I kept not getting the information I wanted. It hmm. would show me the name of my variable, but it wouldn't show me the data that I was trying to collect. Perfect. I just emailed the people at Torrance. They got back to me, they worked, they helped out, they showed me exactly what to do. It was a simple solution. When I ran that first report and it was successful, I was happy. That was great. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as part of your, uh, I mean, you were mentioning, you know, building the story so that, place, you know, you, you had specific, you know, spots within the narrative then to, uh -huh. to prompt people to, to collect the, the kind of info, um, et cetera, that you want. Um, have you been able to, uh, I guess, run this through with, you know, the client team and then and see how it works um, out in, in the real world to get feedback on it and, and what kind of response you've been getting? Haven't been able to do that yet. That's kind of my next step. So I've got... Uh, <clears throat> two next steps I want to do, and one is to finish the prototype and have it tested and run by, like I said, by in the real world. And then the other thing I want to want to figure out, I've had some ideas on it, is could I 
sort of templatized this so that I could have more than one client do it. But of course, only having any of the questions would be their material. Mm. But the basic structure and everything, the story, and all, it should still work for anybody. And, and it'll mm -hmm. send to their LMS, not to uh -huh. the other client's right. LMS. <laughs> right, exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. Give one client everybody's data. Yeah, that's not, that's not a good idea. Well, you that's know the, other, the other thing that's cool about the cohort is um, you get to learn about all the other tools that are out there that mm -hmm. you can use. So if your client doesn't have a learning record store, which is probably true for most clients, yeah. you can help them work on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, does um, so have you heard of anybody uh, sending XAPI statements from something like a PDF? I think I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it done yet. Because it'd be interesting. We've got us. We've got a session coming up. Chris and I were talking about earlier uh, with an instructional designer that's going to be sharing one of her projects with us. And it just dawned on me as I started thinking, you know, all the other things you can do with XAPI, right? That's kind mm -hmm. of the fun thing about it is you don't have to have a SCORM. It doesn't have to be a SCORM package or anything like that. It, you can send XAPI statements from just about anything that a learner is interacting with. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, I just got to thinking, um, yeah, the cohort, I think, would be a great place for people to find out those all of those other things. I think it was Melissa Milloway that did a project on sending from Google Spreadsheets, sending XAPI mm -hmm. statements from a Google Spreadsheet and stuff like that. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, part of the big attraction or the real, the, the value uh, and even the, the raison d'etre of, uh, of XAPI was to be able to track things that are not contained within an LMS. Right. In other words, things that are outside of an LMS, the other learning opportunities, whether that's, uh, you know, things that are more of a job aid level thing or, or videos yeah. or, um, you know, content that's not sitting in an LMS and being tracked for formal learning, but being able to track content for usage for, um, for informal learning. Uh, and patterns and, and, and those sorts of things as well. Um, as a, I mean, that really was you know, the, the, the rise of mobile devices and the fact that people were not simply living at their computers anymore, um, mean, meaning that we needed a new way to collect data. And the types of data that should be collected then in that context was, was different Very as well, different. leading, leading yeah, to come, XAPI. Come to think of it, um, we need to talk to uh, Crowdcast and see if they can send hmm. XAPI statements so, every, so everybody can get a little a little credit sent to their uh, LRS saying that they yeah. attended today and learned a whole lot. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the other things I did learn about this process is the, the communication between different devices. Um, and in this case, the learning record store in the LMS, I'd never dealt with it before. Um, because I have the SCORM cloud, I was able to figure that out and use that as a tool. But there's so many tools out there that are available. Um, and I, I know, well, I th and Melissa Milloway, like you said, she's a great resource to go and do some research. But then that's the other point of the cohort we mentioned is somebody in that cohort's probably doing one of the things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, the cohort's been run how many times now? What, like oh, a dozen 13, or so? At least. Or, yeah. Yeah. yeah you know? at least. So, so there are a lot of XAPI projects in their archive. And like Chris was saying, hundreds, hundreds of people that have gone. She's mm -hmm. probably in the thousands now, but um, at least yeah, in Olga, the hundreds. Olga says Zoom can do it. Ah, yeah, yeah. Zoom can. That's cool. 
Well, I, team let's get teams okay. to do it, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So what was the big takeaway for you on all of this, uh, in this project? And, um, you know, what are, what do you plan to do with it and, and do next in general? Well, like I said, my, my biggest takeaway was that, A, the tools exist for you to do this without uh, having to be that programmer. And for me, um, while it, it would be great to be a JavaScript guru, and, I, and I've seen some <clears throat> amazing things that other people have done, um, I don't know that, uh, I don't, I'm not ready to go there. Um, and I think a lot of uh, instructional designers are not either. But as long as there are other tools that help us put this together and make it work, that was the biggest takeaway. And I've, I've kind of been telling that story in different places. Um, but my next, my next project is a, to get it out in the real world, get it working and see how collecting the information does that, how does that help? Who does it help? Um, getting feedback, uh, say from a real client that, yeah, that, that was useful information. Let's do it or let's change it. But then, uh, also being able from my perspective on a business side, being able to market as a tool and uh, let other people take advantage of it as well. Mm-hmm. What was your, um, let's, let's, uh, Randy's asking a question in the chat, which is uh, prompting me to sort of expand on that. Um, he's asking, how well are the, the plugin LRSs working today? Are they cost effective? It's always a heavy request to add the cost uh, of a new LMS with L- integrated LRS. Um, so, you know, what was your experience with, uh, you know, with the LRS side of the equation as part of this project? What was it like? Well, like I said, because this is small, <clears throat> I was able to just use the one that comes with Scorm Cloud and it's free. Uh, and so I'm just doing an experiment. The, the issue that I'm going to face is that issue of if we go to, to a real client and they need, they want to do this for 50 or a hundred people, that's going to be different. We're going to need to talk about those things and figure them out. Um, again, I'll go back to the cohort for, for that information and to try and figure it out. Um, that's going to be a, I think maybe it might be a tough nut to solve. I don't know, but that's, mm. we're going to have to approach that. Um, that's, that's one of the things I guess I'm also trying to make other people aware of that you have to face that and, and, uh, find a way to solve it. Mm -hmm. So what are, um, as, as there probably might be a bunch, uh, a handful maybe of newbies here who are interested in joining us today, what, uh, you know, but kind of before we wrap things up here, what, if you had to help somebody, you know, maybe go a little bit quicker than you feel your learning curve experience might have been, you know, all the stumbling and like you were saying, the pitfalls and, <laughs> and whatnot, you know, what, what would you normally tell somebody to help them streamline their learning and get up to speed? Oh, did we lose you? No. Oh, did you want me to answer oh. that? <laughs> <laughs> I think what, what Brent's saying is if someone said yeah. to you, hey, I want to learn XAPI, what's the mm-hmm. first thing you would tell them then? Well, actually, again, to be honest, I'm going to tell them, build your story first. Start mm-hmm. there. What are you trying to get across? Um, and and what are what are the business questions you need to ask? You, you need to know that first. You always need to know your business objectives first. 
and email. What if? What if? But well, so what if they come? What if they? What if it's somebody from this group, for example, or in the community mm-hmm. or something? And they're like, "Well, I don't really know. I'm just like you. I just I find it really interesting. I think it's really mm-hmm. cool, and I just kind of want to learn." about it first before because if i don't know what it does i don't know what kind of story to come up with and all that kind of stuff so what, what would be a good first step well um i do have a, a a list of resources that i can send you of places to go to learn about xapi and oh, that's fabulous. definitely a good starting point um i know that um and in fact i didn't plan that but i could email it to you it's it's simple. It's just a yeah, one page link. We'll uh, add it to the we'll add it to the link. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. But definitely, yeah. um, um, I, I did research. Um, I did a lot of research with Devlin Peck. Um, he is one of the gurus out there of using, but also Melissa Milloway. I've known about, followed her for several years, and so I think when you start with somebody who really knows what they're doing, that's really good. Um, I would. <laughs> Probably, though, recommend now that I've done it, I would recommend going to the cohort first hmm. because they're really the the center of it, from my opinion. Um, hmm. So, but yeah, to to research XVAPI, what is it doing? Why am I here? Um, but I know I definitely recommend Devlin stuff because it's easy to read too. It breaks it down. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah, cool. Well, I'll, I'll drop him into the LinkedIn from his LinkedIn link here if anybody wants to there share. And Winona does want to cool. see your list. So, yeah, we'll make sure that we uh, include it as part of the, the blog on our on our blog's site okay. with the, the wrap up of yeah. this stuff. So if, yeah. if folks are interested in that, they can uh, hit our blog later this week and uh, get that info there. So very cool. Very cool. I also recommend that Well, I use I like free pick for images. Um, but there's so many image sites to go to and, and I, um, sites you can go for sound and because and, that's the other thing for gamification. You want sounds, you want music, you want different things mm. to, to help create those moods. So uh, I, I throw in some ideas there. Again, I use them because they're very inexpensive um, and easy. To use. <laughs> inexpensive is so key in our industry, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, speaking of inexpensive and sound, um, probably a good chance for us to run our, uh, our theme song on out of here and, and bring us up to a wrap up here today. I think so. There I think it's go. been a fantastic conversation today. Thank you so much, Jeff, for hanging out with us. Yep. Yeah, too. And thanks to everybody as always in our chat, lots of great questions and comments and, and thoughts being shared there. Always cool to see. Um, do check out the blog post on, at domino.com. There's a big blog button, and later this week we'll put it up there. If you're looking for that list uh, that Jeffrey's going to share with us, we'll make sure that we include that there, uh, the list of resources that he found so and curated. So, gang, thanks so much. We'll see you next week. Yep, and we're here every Wednesday. Put it on your calendar. Get excited. And we're, and we're here constantly in your favorite audio podcast tools as well. Ah, that's right. We have YouTube channels now and everything too. YouTube's oh. podcast, the whole nine yards. We're all over the place. <laughs> there are so many places to be idiotic with us, gang. We'll see you next time. Uh, great. Thanks. Adios, everybody.